Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Appetites are strange things, aren't they? We, we believe that if we feed an appetite, it'll do what? It'll go away. It'll disappear. But in reality, appetites are never fully and finally satisfied. And this is so true when it comes to, to, to your relationship and my relationship with our financial appetites. Now, if you are joining for the first time as we've gone through this series of Armco's, we're, we're, we're kind of approaching the end of that series. So I'd love to encourage you to, to head on back on our YouTube channel and go and catch up on the, on the other episodes because I honestly do believe that there is real value and real uh, merit in those messages for you. But today, as we, as we head into this session of armcos, when we talk about armcos, we're talking about those things that you find on the road. It's that system that's designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. And just as we find armcos on the public road, throughout the series, we've really just investigated the need for us to build up armcos in our lives financially, morally, relationally, professionally. And that the armcos that we're talking about is a standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. That as we, we, we head into, into some financial or moral or relational space that could get quite dicey, that our conscience would be alerted and that we would pay attention to that tension. Now today we're going to be speaking into setting up some financial armcos and today's message is not about staying out of debt or getting out of debt. It's also not about avoiding bankruptcy. No, no, no. Today's message is way more important than that because today we're going to be looking at how Jesus addresses the issue of money in your life and in my life because when he addresses it he's coming from a standpoint of saying man you can be debt free you can be be financially strong you can be flying when it comes to money and stuff and you can still run off the road financially why because Jesus looks past all of that and he gets right to the heart of it all. And today, I think it's important for me to just really highlight the fact that if you're a Jesus follower, today I'm speaking specifically to you. And if you're not a Jesus follower, don't switch off. Um, hang in there because uh, even though I get it, I, I, I get that you haven't said yes to this standard of behavior. I get that you haven't said yes to the sta standards that Jesus lays out for us, and maybe you haven't found any value in that. And I get it. Uh, but my hope is that as you hang in there with us today, that there would still be value in it for you, that you would still find merit within what Jesus had to say 
surrounding money. But if you call yourself a Christian, if you're a Jesus follower, then today we're going to be talking about when it comes to our money and our finances and following Jesus, what did we say yes to? And we, we kick off with Jesus speaking into money when he says this. He says, no one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Now, as he uses the word master, that's not really a word that we use much in society today anymore. But within the context of what Jesus is speaking about here, Jesus is speaking about someone who owned someone. That's a master, someone who owned someone. And the, the, the Greek word that's used here, the definition is one who is in charge by virtue of possession or ownership. One who is in charge by virtue of possession or ownership. And he's saying that you can only and ultimately only be, possess, be the possession of, I'm going I'm to go from there again because we read that scripture. In fact, I can go from the definition because we'll pop that up. Hey, you good with that? Um, he's saying you can only be the possession or owned by one thing. Sorry, I'm like, what did I write here? He's saying you can only be the possession of or owned by one thing. Cool. Okay. Okay, so the Greek word definition, uh, one who is in charge by virtue of possession or ownership. What Jesus is saying here is that, is that you can only be the possession of or be owned by one thing or one entity, one person. He carries on. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. And again, the, the Greek word there for money can be interchanged with stuff. You know, you, can, you, you cannot serve both God and your stuff. And where Jesus is going with this is so important for you and for me. And I pray that right now you will really lean into this as a follower of Jesus. Where Jesus is saying to us that for Jesus... The primary issue regarding money isn't the money. The primary issue here for Jesus is the mastery, the control, the ownership. That the primary question that Jesus has when it comes to, to money in your life and in my life is, do we have money? Or does money have us? Do we own it or does it own us? Do we possess and use it or does it possess and use us? It's a great question. The reason why we as Jesus followers need financial armcos is that money and what money promises is the chief competitor of our hearts. It's the chief competitor 
for my heart with God. It's the chief competitor for your heart when it comes to God. Yes, you can be debt free. Yes, you can be financially strong. And all along, you can still miss it financially. Without armcos in the area of our finances, we will end up running off the road and ending up in one of two ditches on either side of the road, consuming or hoarding, consuming or hoarding. And when it comes to consuming, consuming is, is ultimately just us upgrading, <laughs> upgrading all the time. Think about it. How often don't you get a text on your phone that says, your cell phone is due for an upgrade <laughs> or your car is now X amount of years old and is due for an upgrade. And everything from wardrobes to, to shoes to, to vehicles, in some cases to relationships, we feel we need to get upgraded. And that's this consumer mentality. And the other side of that, the other ditch that we can fall into is that ditch of hoarding. Hoarding. And hoarding isn't upgrading, it's, it's, it's based in fear. <laughs> Hoarding is based on this fear of what if I don't have enough? What if I don't have enough for tomorrow? What if I don't have enough for five years time? What if I don't have enough? But for both of these, the root cause is greed. And greed is a strange thing to deal with because greed isn't something that we can see when we look in the mirror. <laughs> no, greed is simply the assumption that it is all for my consumption. That somehow when it comes to my money and when it comes to my stuff, that it's all for me. <laughs> that it's all for me. That it's not about anyone else. It's just about me, my needs, my wants, my desires, what I want next. It's all for my consumption, whether I'm consuming it now or whether I'm hoarding it so that I can, can consume it later. It's all for my consumption. And when we live in this way, guys and ladies, and it may not be you, you know, maybe your neighbor or someone that you know, I get it. Uh, but when we live in this way, ultimately, we are living as if there is no God. And all that, that, that there is to this life is the here and the now, what I need right now, what I can see right now, what I want to experience right now. That's it. There's no God. It's all about the here and the now. And if that's what you believe, by all means, then eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. <laughs> but... But if there's something in you that suspects that, that there just might be more to this life and to the life beyond, then guys and ladies, then you cannot live a life that is driven, driven by consumption or hoarding because you're living as if there is no God. And then think about it. What, what is inevitably going to happen in life? Trouble comes along, isn't it? 
trouble comes along. It's either trouble that we've created ourselves, <laughs> you know, by maxing out that credit card or buying stuff on, on, on you know, um, by, by loaning money that we don't really have and now we can't make the payments. Or, or it's trouble that's come along that's been created by someone else. Maybe your business partner took you for a whole whack of, of money or, or, or uh, maybe you crashed your car and the insurance company found a loophole and now they haven't paid out. And What do you do? What do you do? What do you, what do you and I do in those moments? We pray. That's it. We pray. And what we're really saying in that moment is, dear Lord, dear Lord, I would like to invite you into my finances because I have this really big problem that I need to have solved. In short, I may have chosen the wrong master. And if as a Christian, you believe that you would somewhere along the line be in that place and, and invite God in if there's a problem. Then my question to you, and I think a question really worth considering right now is, why start then? Why not invite him in now before there's a problem? You see, the armco against greed is reprioritizing. The armco against greed is reprioritizing. That is, that is the way that Jesus speaks into the, 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 the tug of war between our money mastering us and us mastering our money and how he, he, he asks us to master our money by inviting him in and if i'm if i'm mastered by my money if i'm mastered by my money what does life look like it's simple first thing on my priority list is that i live the second thing on my priority list is that i um, uh, save and then the third thing on my priority list is that I give. It's very simple. Live, save, and give. When I live like this, I'm living as though I'm mastered by my money. I live, I just spend it all on me. Secondly, I, I, I might save because, hey, I might need to save for some kind of plan that I have to spend all that money on me later. And then the third area is an area that we might get into if, if we are completely overwhelmed at some point with compassion and feel the need to, then we might give. And guys and ladies, if we live like this, we are living as if there is no God, as if he does not exist. And then Jesus comes into this conversation and he comes and flips it on its head by telling us to master our money, to invite him into the process and to reprioritize how we deal with our money. 
And when you're mastering your money, everything turns around. And it looks like this. First, we give. Second, we save. And third, we live. The first thing I do is I give. I give. I'm inviting God into that space. I'm inviting Him into the area of my finance. Then I save. I consider what's coming down the road where I may need to prepare for somewhere along the line. And then thirdly, I live on the rest. And it brings such a freedom to the living because I've already prioritized properly straight off the bat. Now, whether you're a Christian or not, this principle is life-changing and it works. I've seen it work. I've seen it work in my own life to the degree that when it comes to teaching my son about money, this is what we teach him. Give first, save second, and live on the rest. It's incredible. Because as I teach this to my son, I recognize that this is the key to financial independence for him. It's, it's, it's independence from the belief that life equals stuff. And be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. No matter what you have, it's very difficult to become content with what we have. More often than not, when it comes to what we have, we're far more discontent than content. Why? Because, as we said right off the top, it's an appetite. It's an appetite, and appetites are never fully and finally satisfied. And when we are driven by our appetites, bad things happen. Think about when a physical appetite gets out of control, and we just eat whatever we want. Somewhere along the line, a doctor's going to get involved. Why? Because bad things have happened. When I allow my sexual appetites to take over and I'm driven by my sexual appetites, bad things happen. And it's the exact same when it comes to my finances. When I'm driven by my financial appetites, bad things happen. Do not allow your stuff to master you. A life independent from greed is a life that says it's dependent on God. A life inviting God into every area of life is a life of freedom. Now, in truth, you want your kids to, to live in this independence, don't you? For the rest of their lives, money will compete for their hearts. And if you and I are honest, we don't want money to win. No. We want to see God have His rightful place in their lives. I know that for a fact that that's what I want for my son. We don't want our kids to, to spend their lives choosing between money or their personal peace. Choosing between money or their marriage, money or their health, money or their children. No. I, I definitely do not want my kid to be a slave to consumption. When it comes to my son, 
I want him to have stuff. I don't ever want his stuff to have him. And I believe that Jesus invites us into a space where we can put up this armco, where we can put up this new standard, where we can master our money and not have our money master us by simply starting with give, then save, and then love. So Jesus said to us, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then a few minutes later, he goes on to say this. He says, so do not worry about saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Back then, they didn't have fridges the way that you and I have fridges. So the only thing that they could really keep was grain and wine. And their clothes were super expensive. So if anything happened to them, that could become a real issue. And what Jesus is saying here is, hey, I get it. I know that, that you naturally worry about these things, but don't. When you worry about these things... You start, you start closing your hand and closing your heart to me. And if you truly follow me, you cannot live with a closed hand and you cannot love with a closed heart. Besides, he carries on. For the pagans run after all these things. Now, again, we've got to bring context to this because the way you and I would think of a pagan is not exactly the way that Jesus would have been speaking about a pagan in these times. In the context of the day, to the Jews, anyone who believed in any other God or multiple gods or anything like that was considered a pagan. For them, it was a non-believer, someone who didn't believe in God himself. And he's saying here that when we behave this way, we're running after these things the way that someone would live if they didn't believe there was a God. He says, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Jesus follows Christians. If your heavenly father knows, won't he take care of your every need? You see, if there's something I've learned in life, in my own life, is that it's exceptionally hard to receive something from God when my hand and my heart are closed. The only way I can receive from him is by living with an open hand and an open heart. And Jesus carries on. He says, but, it's like he's saying, hey, pay attention. <laughs> but, seek first. Seek first. What's Jesus saying there? Jesus is saying, hey, put first. Reprioritize. Rearrange the order of these things in your life. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus is saying, I, I, I want you to seek my Father and to seek His kingdom first. And His kingdom is an others 
first kingdom. If, you, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be called mine, my disciples, it's about others first. And if you're going to invite me into the area of your finances, you need to know where this is going. <laughs> and where this is going is others first. And today, as you consider all of this and as you consider your next steps, there's this moment where Jesus is heading into Jerusalem for the last time before he gets crucified and his followers are, are, are bickering and fighting under themselves as to who's the most important and, and who's the biggest and the baddest and the best and all that stuff. And Jesus stops them and he interrupts their conversation. And here's what he says. It says, Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who, who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. He's going, hey, this is the standard that the world around you functions in. Who, who's at the top? Who, who's got the power? Because the one with the power lords it over the others and, and exercises that power over the others in any way that they seem see fit. Why? Because it's all about being number one. It's all about me. And then Jesus says some of the most powerful words in all of Scripture. He looks at them and he says this. He says, not so with you. Not so with you. In other translations, it says, but with you it will be different. With you, it will be different. He carries on. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And this, guys and ladies, is what Jesus is asking us to set our lives to what Jesus is saying to his followers and what he's saying to us is that I'm about to go and do for the whole world what I will ask the whole world to do for others. You want God to be in charge of your money. You want, you, in other words, you want divine intervention when it comes to the matters of your money, your finances. Follow what Jesus says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And he ends it off with this. And all these things will be given to you as well. See, when I'm in charge of my money, when I'm in charge of my money, all my needs on my responsibility. But Jesus says to you and to me, hey, when I'm in charge of your money, then all your needs become my responsibility. And maybe today your next step is to set that armco of reprioritizing Him in your finances, to put that armco in place.
Maybe today your next step is to reprioritize and to let him in. As you give, as you save and love. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that today we come and recognize your existence, that we recognize that you are real and that you really want to be involved and a part of and Lord of our lives. And as we give you your rightful place in every area of our lives, we thank you that we can, we can do that today by inviting you into this area specifically of our money, and our stuff, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we will be bold enough to come and set that arm cone in place, to come and reprioritize the way that we approach money, that it will no longer master us, but that we will master it through giving you your rightful place. The men and women will start to give, that they will start to save and then love. So Father God, I thank you that right now through this simplicity of this, Lord, we can come and just say we choose to seek you first, to seek your kingdom first and your righteousness, knowing that as we do, that all our needs become your responsibility. Thank you for your faithfulness in this. We love you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Trust that you have a great week. Join us next week as we wrap up this series. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.